0: Welcome back to the Lockdown Cowboys podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. Today's episode is brought to you by Visa. Help support your local businesses, whether they're your corner stores, your coffee spots, or your favorite shops. Local businesses have been there on your team supporting you and your community. But right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support. So let's be there for them. The next time you go shopping, make the, sho- make the choice to shop at a local business And look for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with a contactless visa to help support your community, because where and how you shop matters. Visa, everywhere you want to be, the official partner of the NFL. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter. You can also listen to him on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, today is a great day. Do you know why it's a great day? Uh Oh, tell me. Because... Damon Snacks Harrison signed with the Seahawks, which means we don't have to answer a thousand questions about why the Cowboys haven't signed him yet.
1: Well, I'm sure—listen, that, that's <laughs> never stopped Cowboys fans in the past from asking the it's question. A it's a good point. It's a point. So, great so I, I, let's not count our, our chickens before they've hatched.
0: Yeah, that's true. Uh, he is only on the Seahawks practice squad, so I guess uh, theoretically the Cowboys you know. could sign him, so— Maybe I shouldn't get too uh, happy yet. <laughs>
1: Exactly. Uh, See, you've already jinxed yourself.
0: Yeah, there you go. All right, we're going to get to your Twitter questions today, and I want to start with a question um, from our friend John Williams, mm. who runs the uh, Locked On Sooners podcast over there. Speaking of sad, man, if you're a Sooners fan yeah, right he's, now. It's poor John. You're probably, poor John. If you're, if you're, if you're somebody, I mean, he's having a really
1: <laughs> rough sports sports year, right? Well,
0: that, well, as I said, last week was just the worst. Between the Sooners, Cowboys, and the Raiders all losing, plus the Eagles— uh, winning that it was a rough sports day. Um, John wants to know about Neville Gallimore, who you know was active in Week One, hasn't played since. Um, listen, Landon, I I, I, I kind of understand. You know, I watched. You know, both of us watched the All Twenty Two this week. Um, Don Terry Poe is awful. Tyrone Crawford doesn't look like he has much left. So what's preventing the Cowboys from not going out and seeing what they have in DeVille Gallimore?
1: First off, real quick, if you guys don't follow John Williams on Twitter, you absolutely should. Great One guy. of the really yeah. super great people on Twitter, which is a rare thing, to be honest. Uh, yeah, they're mostly populated absolutely. with jerks like Marcus and I. So, <laughs> Exactly. Uh, but John is an actual good guy. Uh, to his question, um, you know – I mean, I hate to see what Gallimore is looking like in practice. If what you know compared to what we've seen trotted out a defensive tackle so far this season. I mean, it
0: can't be that much worse, though, right? I,
1: I mean, it could. I, I it possibly I, could. but I mean, you have to think about like, you know, where he's coming from and the traditional yeah. like you know transition that has come from OU defenses, specifically OU defensive <laughs> linemen, and yeah. they're and they're making their way into the league. They usually use that kind of weird frog stance. Uh, or at least play it sometimes. And, and I think even Gallimore himself was, a, you know, I mean, if you look at his skill set, he's a one-gapping defensive tackle. But I think, you know, he was playing a lot of weird kind of two-gapping stuff. And, and just, just you know, that kind of odd configuration. uh he uh, almost uh, played like
0: a nose tackle yeah on, well he did yeah i mean
1: he played like he played a zero and a one technique i think yeah. but i don't think he played it like a traditional zero or one technique because of the way that defense is run so yeah you know i think there's a lot of tech and he's kind of a you know young in the football sense you know player so i i think he's still learning techniques you know required i think he he's you know it's a lot like Tristan Hill, in some ways, right, last year. Oh, very much similar, yeah. You know, where there's a physically, uh, you know, uh, 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 impressive defensive tackle, but he's got a lot of technique work to go before he's able to kind of play the position that is, especially what the Cowboys need right now, uh, at at a level that even, unfortunately, the rest of these guys are playing. You know, I would say that in general... Defensive tackle is one of the more difficult positions to kind of transition into the NFL. Absolutely. It's just like a completely 100%. different game. Uh, so I, I think you know the expectations on Gallimore producing right away shouldn't be shouldn't be high in the first place. I think the problem is is that we're just looking at what is <laughs> being put out on the field right now and just begging and, mm-hmm. and you know, grasping for anything else.
0: I agree. And I think Gallimore, when they took him, they knew he was a really raw player. I mean, this yeah. is a great athlete, but didn't actually produce all that much at Oklahoma. Uh, we mentioned you know, some of the ways that he was used there, but he's really a three technique in the NFL, an up the field penetrator. He's not helping your run game at all. And as bad as Don D- D- Terry Poe and Tyrone Crawford have been, I, you just can't play Neville Gallimore yet. And I think this is a long-term pick. It was a bet, you know, just in case Tristan Hill wasn't ready, they would have another option there. But I don't expect to see Gallimore on the field anytime soon. And I especially don't expect him to see him playing with Tristan Hill. I just don't think you can play those two guys together, yeah. right?
1: No. I mean, that's the, 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 the you're going to have similar issues. I think Tristan Hill is a much better player than Neville Gallimore mm. right now. But even Hill is, I mean... He's really, really struggling when asked to to play the run. He, I mean, yeah. they were asking him to 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 uh, to uh, two tech, and, and it's it's just it's not working. He can't do that almost at all. Like he, he's and, and I think Gallimore will probably be a similar situation where Gallimore needs to one gap. Gallimore needs to you know fit in a crack and get through. Uh, I I don't know that either one of these guys is going to help you in the sense of you know trying to keep your linebackers clean or or trying to keep your, uh, you know, your defensive line stout against the run.
0: Let's talk about another Cowboys rookie. Uh, A lot of people in our uh, mentions want to know about Reggie Robinson, who is yet to be active um, for the Cowboys yet. Now they moved him from cornerback to safety during training camp. Uh, The team did release Brandon Carr on Tuesday afternoon uh, is there a chance that maybe we see Reggie Robinson this week, and that's part of the reason why they released Brandon Carr?
1: I, I don't really know. You know, I, I mean, I think, <laughs> like, yeah. the, the Brandon I mean, Carr. we
0: haven't seen him yet yeah, because of I've, no training camp and no, I mean, a shortened training camp, no preseason. I've literally, literally never seen him play
1: yet. safety. Like, you know what I'm no. saying? Like, so I, I have no idea what, what he's going to look like at the position. And and beyond that, the Brandon Carr situation itself is very odd and unusual. So, uh yeah i think you know i think part of it could be that they may want to see a little bit more of donovan wilson i mean I, I don't you know he didn't play incredible last night on sunday but i thought that he you know he he showed he can at least be around the ball and make plays he also gave up a lot of plays. Yeah. But but I think that that's also, you know, an unfair measurement on a guy that probably didn't get any snaps as a starter at all that week. So
0: We we're both in agreement that Wilson should start this week, right?
1: I think he should at least be given Look, I, I mean, look, I I think that I saw enough in play temperament on tape last Sunday that I want to see what he looks like with a full week of practice as the starter. You know, and I think if you put him in a position to avail himself of, of his skill set and, and put him in a position to do what he does best as opposed to kind of just throwing him out there in in, in, in the defense, I, I think mm-hmm. he has the ability to develop into a good player. But I also know that this defense has no time to wait for anybody, you know? I mean, th- this defense has to get better immediately. And that's really, you know, it's kind of the double-edged sword that the Cowboys are in right now, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you can't... what's the quickest way to uh, get competent, you know, talented players injected. Probably play veterans, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, you try to try to get veterans, but it's like even them kind of, you know, first of all, how has that worked out overall? Not great so far this year. (laughs) And beyond that, like you still have to deal with COVID. So they got to deal with the protocol. Then they got to get in. Then they got to learn the defense, you know, and then the other route is obviously the young players. You have Reggie Robinson; He's been in your system this whole time. But obviously the downside there is are guys like Reggie Robinson and Donovan Wilson ready to be full-time starters or ready to be players that see snaps full-time? Who knows? I don't know. And so yeah. it's it becomes a very difficult equation at this point. And, and I, you know, I, I tend to think that you're probably better off, and I, I think that it's, it's bared out so far from other positions, you're probably better off Letting your young players take their lumps might and, as and, well, right? And, getting and hope them by out the there. end of the season
0: those guys are ready to go. Yeah, right? yeah,
1: like get it, let it, get them out there, see what they can do. I mean, look, it didn't work great for Terrence Steele, but I think you found something in Brandon Knight. Uh, it, it, it's, I think it's worked better it, for you know Biot-ish, uh at, at center. I think it's worked well for. Uh, it, listen as bad as 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 bad up and down as donovan wilson was on sunday he was still better than darian thompson you know so i i think there is something to kind of trying to let these young guys play instead of going out and getting a lesser than expensive vet who is probably going to have a lot of the same you know learning curve issues that that these rookies or young players will have if you stick them into those roles
0: One more question before we take a break, Landon, and this one comes from Alex, and I'm pretty sure I know the answer to this one. Uh, What group is better when they're fully healthy, the safeties or the
1: cornerbacks? The corners, right? Yeah, I don't even think it's that close. I mean, the corners corners don't have a great player, but they have a lot of second and third corner depth, you know, when they're healthy. And I think that's value. That has value. I mean, you know, I think you can make an argument as to whether you'd rather have that versus a number one cornerback in a whole bunch of you know third sure. corners, but I, I still think that that's still something of value versus what you have at safeties, which is literally one good starter, and then I don't know what else.
0: Yeah, I think once they get Owuzie and Anthony Brown back, and it sounds like Brown might be able to come back either this week or next week, Yeah, I think you can at least be below average at the cornerback group, right? Now, listen, we'll take below average right now, and I think uh, that could help a lot, and also There's also the potential that you get those guys back, maybe you don't have to play Daryl Worley as much at corner, and you can move him to safety, and maybe that fixes two spots with one guy returning. So uh, we'll see. It's not going to be a great unit no matter who comes back, but can they be passable in order to to get enough stops and create a few turnovers? We shall see. Um, Let's take a quick break so I can tell you guys about Bill Bar. Bilt Bar is the best tasting protein bar out there. It's hard to even explain it. It's real chocolate with amazing flavors. It's a great combination of low calories, high protein, and low sugar with no crazy additives. Best of all, they taste incredible. And they are releasing six new flavors, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, and apple almond crisp. Uh, let me give you guys a little pro tip here. When you get your, your built bars in the mail, stick them in the refrigerator. It, it, they're perfect for lunch, you know, for a meal supplement. Uh, they, they make them taste even better. Go to builtbar.com and use promo code locked on and you'll get ten dollars off any order. Again, that's builtbar.com, promo code locked on. Okay, Lynn we got a lot of questions about the offensive line, and let's keep diving into this. Um this one comes from Eamon. Uh, he wants to know where is Connor McGovern? Uh, with his injury mess and you know this is somebody who the Cowboys had graded as a second round player that had him graded over Tristan Hill you know we're what 20 games in and we have yet to see him take a snap yet what's going on with McGovern
1: i, I mean i, I kind of was asking a similar question earlier i mean I, I think right now there's not a place for him to to play you know i mean he's he's not i i don't i don't anticipate that he's better than Connor williams right now and i and i don't I know he's not better than Zach Martin. No. I don't really know what his ability is to play center, but I think it's likely that it's probably on par or below where Biotis is. And so I would imagine that they are going with the guy that they picked there. Um, You know, I, I think Connor McGovern for now may be a very uh, – luxurious swing backup interior guy, but mm. I don't even know if that's where he's, you know, slated right now. So it's, it's really hard to know, you know, it's, it, we have, again, Connor McGovern is a guy who we have seen almost no snaps of, you know, I mean, right? It, he got hurt, he got in the hurt first early practice training last, year? Camp last year and, and, and uh, obviously no training camp this year for us observing So we really kind of have lost track of McGovern as, I mean, as far as like, you know, high ranking draft picks, he's Mm -hmm. one of the few guys who we've barely even seen. So it's really, really difficult to kind of judge where his development is because like I said, I have not seen him take a pass set yet. I have not seen him, you know, put a helmet on and engage a defensive tackle. So it's... I, I have no answers here. I'm asking that same question because hmm. McGovern is one of the fr- one of the few guys where everything is everything we know about him is is secondhand information. We have no firsthand information on on yeah. how he's playing or how he's looking.
0: I don't have anything to add about this year, but I will say long term, I have a feeling that McGovern is going to be the swing interior guy because Joe Looney is on a one year deal. I don't expect them to bring him back, especially if Tyler Biotis you know, seizes yeah. this center job that we expect him to do. Yeah. I think Dallas is going to want to roll with Biotis at center, and then McGovern, because he has center and guard experience, will probably take over that spot. Yeah. Uh, but again, that's a, you spent a third round pick on a swing interior guy. That's it seems expensive, but uh, given how important offensive line play is, I don't hate it. I do think. I, I'll guess that we'll get to see him at some point in this year, whether it's an injury to somebody, um, whether the Cowboys, you know, decide to rotate him in or whatever. I'm guessing we will see him. Maybe it won't be on the time period or the, you know, the, the circumstances that we want, um, but I'm guessing we will we will we see him.
1: Real quick, I will just yeah. add that I think that, again, he may have been someone who really, really suffered a lot from this whole I COVID agree. situation because, you know, it, it just, it, it sapped his ability to, make a move on one of these spots to prove himself to the coaching staff. You know, again, a big thing that we're not talking enough about is not just the install of the scheme and the lack of that because of training camp, but the actual lack of evaluation time for these coaches, for players like I'm going to say Connor McGovern, McGovern, Donovan Wilson, again, is another guy like that where, you know, these are guys who had some potential that you were interested in last season, but that all of that kind of interest is dissipated by the change of coaching staff.
0: Yeah. Well, and let's even go further. So you mentioned the change in coaching staff. Remember, this is a guy that got hurt in training camp last year. When the NFL facility shut down in March, he—I mean, who knows how that rehab was going? He—I'm sure he had to do all this rehab by himself, right? And, mm-hmm. and not—I mean, I'm sure the, I'm sure the staff was checking in with him, but it's not like he was in the building no. every single day getting yeah. treatment, getting stronger. So I, I think that probably played into some of this as well. Absolutely. And again, as I was telling you before the podcast. This coaching staff didn't draft him. Yeah. They're not necessarily tied to him at all. So um, he is somebody that we're gonna have to monitor and see, you know, what happens with him in the next, you know, calendar year. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about this question from Eric. Uh, he's asking about Michael Gallup, who's been pretty quiet through the first four games of the season. Uh, he did have a, a, a somewhat big game against Seattle, um, but he was the odd man out against Atlanta. Uh, was the same guy, you know, only a few targets here against. Uh, you know the the Browns this week. Is this just going to become the norm with Michael Gallup, or are we expecting bigger days to
1: come? Yeah, I mean, I think you know, I think that this is this is going to be a a weekly question, and then you you know, you could substitute for X on whether it's Michael Gallup or it's CD Lamb or Cooper, because you know, ultimately, there is enough balls to go around season wide. Right, but maybe not game sure. game by game wide, right? Yeah, so the weekly targets are going to fluctuate. Yeah, for sure. exactly. And as teams adjust to you know what the Cowboys are doing, and they you know they see tape of Cooper eating them up, they'll start focusing more on th- on Cooper, and then that will open things up for Gallup, and then they'll start focusing more on Gallup, and that'll open things up for Lamb, and then Lamb will open things up for Sh- uh, Schultz, and you know I think that I, I think that it's just going to be you know if this this. I hate to say this, Marcus, but this smells like a fantasy football question. Now that I'm saying this, and hey, I feel like I'm getting—am I getting football. tricked into answering a fantasy football question? Is that what's yeah. happening here? Yeah. Speaking of
0: fantasy football, make sure you go follow the Locked On Dynasty Football <laughs> podcast on Twitter. Uh, one of the best podcasts out there. I can't remember the host name, but I remember him being pretty good. It's got a very annoying um, voice. I, I I do agree. I think that's one of those things that's going to be week to week, and it's going to yeah. be matchup based. right? Yes, absolutely. Um, if if te- if two teams have really good outside cornerbacks. The Cowboys are just going to pick on the middle of the field with uh, Dalton Schultz and CeeDee Lamb. It's just going to, what's going to happen. Uh, Cleveland actually has two pretty decent outside corners and Denzel Ward, who is a star. And then Terrence Mitchell has played pretty well for them. But I think like this week coming up against the Giants, I think this is a Michael Gallup day, right? Oh, yeah. They've got James Bradbury, who is one of the you know most underrated cornerbacks in the NFL. I expect Amari Cooper to be followed by him. Uh, And then Isaac Gideon, who they traded for right before the season, (laughs) arguably the worst starting cornerback in the league. Probably going to be matched up against uh, Michael Gallup. So it's just going to be a game-to-game basis. There's going to be some monster, monster weeks from Michael Gallup. And if the Cowboys can protect Prescott... Uh, and they can take some of those shots down yeah. the field, yeah. you're going to see 130, 140-yard games and two touchdowns for Michael Gallup. So, And I was going to say, would,
1: that's something that, that you brought up a very good point, that the fact that the protection has affected Michael Gallup. Absolutely. Uh, because Mike Gallup feeds on get, getting down the field, double moves, making the plays down the field. Those are long-developing plays. They require more pass protection, something that the Cowboys obviously have struggled with when having two backup offensive tackles in there.
0: I agree. Um, I, again, Gallup is fine. He, he's been yeah. good this season. He just hasn't necessarily got the chances, and a lot of that is not because of his fault. Yeah. It's just the offensive line, other guys getting wide open. Um, he'll be fine. Yeah. Um, let's take a break, and we'll come back, and we'll answer some more questions. All right, Landon, this question comes from Philip. He wants to know, uh, can you give us a comp for Brandon Knight? He asks if it's Doug Free. Uh, that's not a bad one considering the athleticism, although I think Doug Free was a little bit more athletic. Uh, do you have a good comp for Brandon Knight?
1: I, I don't think I don't think Free got out in a set like Knight does. Uh, no, but but I think he
0: was a better overall athlete, though. Right? Remember, he
1: was nicknamed, well uh, Free in the sense coming that, out of Northern Illinois. Yeah, in the sense that I think Free could still bury some people too. You know, and sure. and I don't know that we've seen that as much with Knight, other than effort. And I think he's a tough guy. Um, I'm trying to think.
0: It's tough because he is. Good and smooth out of the stance, but he also's got a little bit of nastiness to him. Yeah, right? it,
1: but but and, he's but he's also not. It's weird because he's he's nasty and tough, but he's not strong. You right, know? He's, right. He's not burying sure. people like yet. I mean, it's I, not I, like a Colombo
0: situation, where this is just a guy that was super strong. Too, yeah, you know? no,
1: I think I think he'll get there, and I think his strength eventually. You know, a couple more seasons in an NFL weight room will help there. Um, yeah, I mean, he's he's. It's tough. Sometimes uh, uh, they're just not a good, a good comp. That's, I think maybe someone like Jared Veldier, maybe. You okay. Know? You know, like because he's got long arms, he's got the kind of athleticism. I think I think Valdeer is like you know his like the ceiling is where, I think I think Knight could potentially get past better than that guy, but I think he's a similar type of player where they get into their sets quickly, they come to balance, they've got good uh, length. I think that's there's times when they struggle with being overpowered, and I, I think yeah, that Knight can get better at that, whereas Valdir kind of topped out as at, at point in the league.
0: Yeah, and I mean Valdir is a guy that stuck around for a lot, you know a long time playing both left and right tackle, yeah. uh, made a career kind of bouncing around being somebody's uh, you know starting right tackle once somebody yeah. got injured, so that's not bad. I was going to go with like Walter Jones or Orlando Pace, but I, I'm not sure that's quite good <laughs> enough, but. Uh, We love you, Brandon. uh, Thank you for maybe helping save the season.
1: Um, (laughs) He's Larry Allen, if he's anyone.
0: (laughs) Yeah, there you go. Uh, Let's get to this question from Matt. What is the ceiling and the floor for this team after watching them perform in the first month of the season? Do you still think they're a Super Bowl contender? Do they not have that ceiling anymore, considering the lack of talent on defense? What do you think?
1: I mean... I don't think I've seen anything that has provided a ceiling or a floor for this this team.
0: <laughs> well, I would say floor. I know what the floor is this this team could play in these games. Oh all you think that they on. can't
1: get worse than they are now because <laughs> <laughs> I, I bet they could Marcus. <laughs> I mean I,
0: I guess if the offense decides to just not be quite as efficient yeah, yeah maybe they do go four or 12 or whatever but yeah I guess you're right.
1: I, I, yeah, I just think that you know as I think that they've blown past my floor. Right. But they've also blown past my ceiling. I, I don't I, it's it's it, yeah, I think I, I think it's still all, all on the table. I, I don't really know what what has changed, you know, like, I mean, even though they're one in three, they're still in it in, 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 the, in the NFC East. And frankly, it doesn't this year more than almost any other year i don't think it matters like it doesn't matter as long as you make the playoffs because i think all bets are off at that point point. And, and i do think that once we get into december and uh and then then eventually into january i think a lot of these teams are going to look extremely different than they do right now and the cowboys might be one of them because look uh, everyone's suffering from this you know lack of training camp and 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 even with training camp and the way things are, September is notoriously bad football. You know, it's just, they're still trying to work their way into the, so I have a hard time. I have a hard time, you know, using this four game sample size as uh, uh, a, something that's easy to extrapolate out what's going to happen for the rest of the season, because I think even more so than normal, we're getting a false picture of what these teams look like because ev- all these teams are at v- wildly varying degrees of where they are, or, you know, where they are on track to becoming the team that they want to be, I guess is is the best way to put it. So uh, th- is there is there an, a chance that the Cowboys defense figures it out enough to, you know, buoy the the offense that mm. scores 38 points a game to have them win 12 games total this year. I mean, they'd have to go on an incredible run, but it certainly could happen. Uh it, could they also could it all implode and this and, and everything just falls apart and they can't figure out how to uh, uh stop anybody and the offense continues to struggle with efficiency and and you know, mm. in, more injuries happen and they lose the rest of the games. I could see that 100% happening just because this year has added so much variance. And you know, you add in a new coaching staff and and there's so there's so much volatility on this team right now. And and again, maybe that's not a terrible thing. You know, the the the, the thing we complained about with Jason Garrett or the thing that many people complained about with Jason Garrett that I actually was advocating for is that say what you will about him, he provides a floor he prov- prov- provides a steadiness on your team and 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 maybe that was the issue is that it was too steady right it was too consistently uh, barely above average right and now you needed that sure. volatility to get to the next level to get to that next plane of 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 kind of winning and making it to the NFC championship games and playing for super bowl right maybe you needed that volatility to kind of get you over the hump but right now that volatility is is creating just uncertainty and and your team is not playing very well and the thing that you think that you could rely on to lead you to victory in your offense isn't doing the job well enough to win these games and you can say what you want about the points per game and all that stuff and that's that's fine but they're not sure. there i mean offense is absolutely contributing to this if not as much as the defense then very close so i i think that There is an opportunity that I think there's obviously a much better opportunity for the Cowboys offense to get it together and to, you know, kind of uh, work against the, uh, you know, come back to the closer to mean on turnovers and that sort of thing and regress so they're not giving the ball away at negative nine, you know, uh, turnover ratio for for the rest of the season. And then this team suddenly gets hot and they can play their way into the uh, playoffs. And then, frankly, again, all bets are off of the playoffs, you know. If, if yeah, this team, if I mean, this team can,
0: we, we have no idea what everybody's going to look like by the time we get to December and January. You might have teams that have to forfeit the rest of the season because, yeah. because of COVID, And right? that's and
1: again, that has nothing to do. Like that's not even just the Cowboys. That's that's every team. I, I really yeah. do believe that this like w- the teams that we think are great right now may not be the same teams that we think are great even four weeks from now. I would not be surprised if the whole – like the whole makeup of the power structure of the league is completely jumbled in another four weeks from now.
0: All right. So I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna ask you one question to close up the podcast, Landon. And some people don't like it when we talk about officiating. So you can go ahead and turn off the podcast now. We thank you guys for listening to the first uh, 30 minutes of this show. But <laughs> uh, I'm putting on my angry fan hat, okay? okay? And I want you to answer this question for me. So, through the first four weeks of the season, the total penalties in the league are down by the most we've seen since 2010. Uh, week four had the fewest amount of penalties in a week since week 17 of 2013, according to the NFL. Um Except that's not really affecting the Cowboys. The Cowboys are actually up in penalties uh, from last year. Uh, they're in the bottom three of penalty yards. They're in the bottom three of total penalties called. Their opponents, though, are in the top three of the fewest amount of penalties called. So there's a, been a pretty big penalty differential here between the Cowboys and their, and their opponents. So um, can you explain that all to me, or are you just befuddled like I am?
1: I mean, I'd have to ask, like, is that absolutely that abnormal? I mean, it feels like this was the case last season too, right? Where well, they were. It's been the case.
0: It's since 2010. The Cowboys have the the greatest differential in penalty yards compared to their opponents.
1: Yeah, and and you know, <laughs> I I don't. I'm putting you. This is a tough
0: it. spot to put you in because there's there's really no way to, to answer this. There, I mean,
1: yeah. The, look, as a Cowboy fan, I I have a hard time believing that that that's that's not.
0: That's a coincidence? That's a coincidence.
1: I mean, I hate to yeah, be like yeah. that, but, I mean, just the way that – I mean, I mean again, not to not to be the conspiracy guy, but just the way that we all just laughed off the Des caught it situation. You know, just, uh, oh, whoops, sorry, guys, <laughs> my bad. You know, like th- the way they handled that and the-, the way that, you know, they continually go back to these – uh, proven terrible refs as, like, yeah. you know, the consultants. I mean, just just the reverence that they hold guys like Dean Blandino and, 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 well, just and Mike Pereira okay. in, like, they are, like, great refs or something like that. It's...
0: Yeah, I mean... Yeah, I mean, never forget that one of the, somebody got a uh, TV job because of that. Does call just let's yeah. let's not forget that. Yeah, right?
1: exactly. It, and so I guess you know I don't want the reason I'm, I'm not upset. You can, can you tell through my no, voice that I'm no, I'm, I'm not still upset. This is the problem with talking about this is that it's it's so out of our control. It's been a problem for so long. The NFL doesn't seem to even remotely interested in fixing it. Uh, and frankly, when it comes to uh, matters of fairness in the NFL it's one of the more infuriating things that i that like it's almost unforgivable to me in, in yeah. that that the, the nfl does such a poor job of competitive balance and, yeah. and and seemingly don't really as much money as they spend on so many other aspects of the nfl the fact that they go cheap and 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 can't figure out a better referee situation than what they've got now and they can't seem to get it together is it, I mean, it really is the, the the best metaphor for how poor this league is run, right? Is that they have all they have all the resources in the world, and they don't even they don't even know what to do with it. And so, yeah, uh. I mean, that's that's where I'll leave it. Is that it's hard not to feel like <clears throat> it's hard not to feel like the, the 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 league doesn't care about it. And then beyond that, it's hard not to feel like the Cowboys consistently, <laughs> and the numbers bear this out the the Cowboys consistently get screwed by the calls. Which again, maybe that happens, but the Cowboys can't survive that plus all the other Sure terrible stuff sure. that's happening. You know, it's, yeah it's, they I mean it's just they, another they've got thing, a lot of things, right?
0: they've got a lot of things they gotta work on. Yeah, absolutely.
1: And this is not Every the once main in a while you'd like did, you'd like a
0: You'd like a 50-50 call to go your Oh, way, my gosh, you know? at
1: least, right? <laughs> like, it just, Yeah, I mean, the, come on. The, the problem is, Joe, is that you watch the whole, a whole game, and, and you see four or five things go uncalled, and the Cowboys get called for two or three way lesser. The, the Joe Thomas one, man. Yeah, I'm the, still mad. Yeah. Let's let's talk I, about this. I think
0: we, we'll find out. I think today if Joe Thomas gets fined for his um, legal helmet hit, to helmet, yeah, I've got a feeling. I've got a feeling that he's not, and that'll tell you all you need to know. Uh, that is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, you can follow the show at on Cowboys. You can follow Landon at McCool BCB. You can follow me at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we will see you next time.